Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I'm your host, writer and comedian, Emily Winter. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've been listening, One Liner Madness that we threw in Los Angeles on Saturday, wow, it's over. And guess what? We packed out the place and raised $2,400. Even after all the production costs, we raised 2400 bucks for the Pity Committee Animal Rescue. The next show I'm throwing is this Thursday in Burbank at Be Kind Video at 7.30 p.m. That is my monthly show that I run with my husband, Chris Calagero, called Staff Pick. So if you're in the LA area, come on out and see that. Uh, today on the podcast, I have a guest named Corinne Gilroy, who, so like when I do this podcast, sometimes I meet somebody who I just feel like I've known for a really long time. And Corinne is one of those people. And then we were recently talking and figured out that we have the same birthday, which was Monday, May 8th. So we just both celebrated a birthday. And I feel like maybe that's why we feel like we've known each other for a long time. Anyway, I love her episode, and I hope you do too. Enjoy this episode of Comedians with Ghost Stories. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have library manager and writer Corinne Gilroy. Corinne, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Big fan and happy to contribute. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I was very excited to get an email from you talking about a comedian that you know that is haunting you. Um, And I'm like, how perfect (laughs) is that for this podcast? Uh, so yeah, so t- so you're you're up in Nova Nova Scotia, which is very exciting to me. Yes, um, yeah. So east coast of Canada, born and raised, uh, but of course, you know, Canadians have a lot in common with you know New Englanders and Midwesterners. So <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I love it. Uh, yeah, I feel like if I ever if I ever just leave this country, it will be to go to Canada. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Among my people, but just yeah, <laughs> a little cold. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell me, tell me everything. Tell me about this comic that you, how did you know this, this person? Sure. So I'm, I'm always so happy to talk about Andrew. So my friend, Andrew Vaughn, um, we met when we were both 18. I was dating one of his good friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few months after we started dating, Andrew started coming to the same university we were attending, which is in New Brunswick, not Nova Scotia, but, um, Anyway, that's not important. Anyway, Andrew uh, was super shy when I met him. And to describe what Andrew looks like too, because I feel that's always part of, it's always been part, it was always part of his bit and so on. He, he's just, he used to describe himself as a white Kim Jong-un. What? (laughs) (laughs) Now I need to see this guy. I love him. So he, uh, he's tall, black hair, really nice hair. He always kept it super short. And uh, you know, pretty heavy set. And when he was younger, he was always very bashful about that stuff. Like when he was 19, 20. Um, but that kind of grew into part of his persona as he started doing comedy. So when we were both going to university up in New Brunswick, um, he he started with a radio show on the campus radio station. It was called like the Johnny Everlove Show. And Johnny Everlove was sort of this uh, pastiche of like uh, a dirty old man from. Nova Scotia, but also a little bit of a New Yorker. Like it was a really weird combination. Um, but then it, it then that changed over time too. And he would play music on the show and have call-ins and um, and then uh, he started so doing- It was like his character that he was- Yeah, Johnny yeah. Everlove was kind of his character, his Amazing. persona. Yeah, and at least when he was younger. And then uh, when he, uh, after we were both done university, uh, I think he moved back to Halifax first at Nova Scotia and- then I moved back a little while later and he uh, he got involved with 
uh, you know, podcasting while he was living here and started getting involved in stand-up comedy, I think around 2010. Mm -hmm. And I saw what was either his first or one of his first stand-up shows. And he was so nervous. He was gripping the mic with both hands and just kind of weaving back and forth like he was rocking on a boat and his eyes were wide like saucers and his jokes were so good but he couldn't deliver them yet like he was just so nervous yeah um but it was so cool over the years that I knew him to watch him watch the personality that I knew being his friend just kind of blossom onto the stage right that he got more boisterous and uh you know he started hosting events too so he became one of the better known comedy hosts in Halifax and uh, so he had a a weekly show that he hosted at Gus's pub which is just down the road from my apartment so I went not every Monday but pretty often and would see him there and as a person who used to host a weekly wow we love those regulars like yeah yeah. and I'm a loud laugher so I would be (laughs) up there like hooting and hollering and laughing my ass off yeah he also did yeah he did podcasting like I said he also did trivia nights and uh wow yeah he just was doing it all so he and he was by day he was a bookkeeper but um, but then almost every night he had a comedy engagement and he started doing some touring and luckily he worked with his mom in their, their family business bookkeeping. So he could, you know, his boss was pretty easy on him. About yes. schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got traveling mom. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's really important mom. Okay. That's <laughs> Love you son. Be careful. <laughs> Drive safe. Uh, and anyway, so Andrew and I always stayed close. I, I, dumped that boyfriend years and years ago and never speak to him anymore. But, um, but anyway, Andrew and I, Andrew and I stayed close through all through university. And then we, of course, we both ended up in Halifax. We stayed close there for a few years. He was my upstairs neighbor in my apartment building. So he would, uh, I would go up in like my slippers with, with like French fries and we would watch True Blood together. <laughs> it was Sounds like great. the best night ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so always a good time. And uh, and then in in 20 or uh, sorry 2020 of course uh, we went into lockdown uh, early March as I think a lot of places did as soon as there was one COVID case here in Nova Scotia the province got locked down and when we were only about a week into lockdown Andrew died very suddenly he had a heart attack in his sleep he just didn't wake up um, his roommate Richard said he went to bed in a good mood and he had um, he was you know, he was laughing, having a good time, just didn't wake up in the morning. And then it wow. turned out to be a heart attack and he was 36. And because we, everybody was locked down, nobody could get together. That was the hardest wow. thing that we, none of us could get together and talk and, you know, have a kind of, yeah. you know, a little Irish wake style drink for him. And um, none of those things happened until months later. It was like July when we finally were able to have an outdoor memorial service for him. Oh, man. And so sorry. So, oh, thank you. Um, it was really rough. But I mean, now, I mean, I feel like it's it's been about three years. And I still think about Andrew a lot. He was one of my good friends. But he, uh, but I think of him really fondly now. So I feel like the grieving process is, is mm-hmm. finally pretty much come to a close, which is nice. Um, and one of, <laughs> one of the really weird things, which is the topic of this podcast, is one thing that helped me in my grieving process was that he kept showing up in my dreams. <laughs> so this has happened several times and the first time it happened it was only maybe a month or two after he died and Mm -hmm. uh and I and I should explain too that my dreams are usually either um like wacky stuff happening in my family that doesn't make any logical sense 
or I'm late for my grade 12 math exam. Those are the two kinds of dreams <laughs> that I have. <laughs> so relatable. I have a dream once a month where I have to go back and um, run my college newspaper, which oh, no. <laughs> sounds like we're about the same age. Like that's a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, so yeah, the two, two, two types of dreams are not really like the dreams that Andrew shows up in. So a month or two after he died, I had this dream where we're both just sitting around and I'm like, Hey man, you're dead. How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. And he's like, you know, it's pretty good. I, I wrote my memoirs. I'm like, shit, really? Oh, that's amazing. You're dead and you wrote your memoirs. That's great. He's like, yeah, I didn't think I'd be so productive. I said, well, what'd you call it? What'd you call your memoirs? And he said, I called it the it boy. And I said, the it boy, what the hell does that mean? And he said, that's it boy. You're dead. <laughs> and that is not, <laughs> that is not my style of humor at all, but it, yeah. that is absolutely a one-liner that Andrew would deliver. <laughs> oh my so God. I, so that felt very, surreal uh kind of like like he was haunting my dreams right and I actually I told that story at his memorial service in July 2020 and his mom came up to me after the memorial service and said I'm so glad Andrew visits you too he visits me all the time <laughs> and and I was just like oh my gosh I never thought of I didn't think of it that way because I'm get I would consider myself kind of a a curious skeptic or an open-minded skeptic, right? I love ghost stories. I, I'm open to the fact that not everybody experiences reality the same way. Mm -hmm. um, I think that quantum entanglement theory might someday make ghosts real. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just reading about that the other day in oh, can you tell uh, me Scientific American. Okay. Oh yeah, so, so quantum entanglement theory is this idea that there are like variables that influence um, matter across space and time that we just simply can't calculate or measure yet. Okay. And when I was reading about it in Scientific American, I was like, oh my God, this is, if ghosts are real, this is going to be why. That uh, the example they gave in the article was, say, particles being fired off in opposite directions and somehow predicting each other, even though they're in vastly different spaces right that uh, um anyway it's it's hard to it's hard to explain succinctly also because I'm not a physicist <laughs> yeah. but it, it felt very kind of like when Star Trek gets like woo woo but uh but uh but like empirically woo woo right mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway then uh then Andrew showed up in a couple at least a couple more dreams like there's I feel like it's happened more times than that but there are two others that I remember in particular and one of them might have been about a year ago and uh I again we were kind of just sitting around I'm like hey man nice to see you again how's being dead right he's like oh it's pretty good I said I gotta ask you I said I'm so curious can I touch you and he said sure go ahead so I put up my finger and went to touch his hand and my hand my finger went right through his hand and oh I could God. kind of feel it like uh like like a cloud or something like it could just barely feel something but, Did he but laugh? my hand went right through it yeah he he laughed and I laughed and I was like oh man that's super trippy he's like yeah that's pretty cool eh so he he seemed to be like enjoy being dead and he was just kind of chilling out all the time and I because I would always see him in these dreams and he'd just be like chilling out in a recliner or an armchair or something just just relaxing right Were you guys like and, in a room were you in like like yeah, so in any the first room? the first one was like we were chilling out in chairs in the woods 
I, I think that's what I recall. It's been, that was like almost three years ago now. So the, the memory of the dream is a little bit foggy, but I feel like it was either like neutral spaces or woods for the most part. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, uh, and then the third one that I remember, this one made me a little bit sad, but it also felt like a little bit of a goodbye. I, I was in, this one wasn't that kind of space. It was more like I was at a party or a get together or something. And Andrew showed up at the door and I was like, Hey, Andrew. And I went to give him a hug and his body vanished and somebody else was there. Oh, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, you're not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was a little sad. And I remember the, the morning that I woke up after having that dream and I, I did, I felt a little bit of loss, but I, I went to work and I told my friends about it at work um, just so I would remember. Cause if I don't tell somebody about a dream I have, it's gone forever, it's gone. right? Yeah. Gone forever. Yeah. It's not properly embedded in your <laughs> neurons. Right. And so that one was totally gone uh, or would have been totally gone. And it was a little bit sad. And I think that might be the most recent one that I had that he showed up in, but I love that his sense of humor showed up in the dreams. Like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't arbitrary. He wasn't in the background. He was the main character. And and we're both aware that he's dead in these dreams, which is so wild to me. Like I have dreams about my grandparents and stuff, but it's like, it's like I'm back in time and they haven't died yet. De- uh, they right. haven't died yet. Right. Like it's just, oh, we've gone to Nanny's house for Christmas or something. And she's there because she's still alive. Right. And the clarity, so, the clarity of these yeah. dreams is like, yeah. So, yeah. and like how much sense they make. Is yeah, so yeah. From most dreams, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. oh, and then there was a mouse, of course, and then yeah. <laughs> and then I broke yeah. bubbles, you know? It's yeah, like- yeah. Or like um, one of my favorite wacky family dreams that I've ever had. This will only take a minute to tell you, so I oh, should yeah. tell you because I think you might find it funny. So I had this dream once, and this one was only me and my mom. So I called my mom and I told her, "Mom, I can't go to work today." I, my stomach's so upset. I'm so sick. And she was furious with me. She's like, you've got to go to work. And I said, no, mom, you don't understand. I've got diarrhea. I can't go to work. And she's like, oh, that's terrible. That's awful. I'm so angry with you. And so then a few weeks later, my mom uh, gave me this gift in this dream. She's like, here, dear, I'm sorry. I was so angry with you. Here's some really nice eyebrow gel. I thought you'd like (laughs) And so I used this eyebrow gel and it wasn't until I had it on that I realized, oh my God, my mom gave me glue. So I had to tear my eyebrows out. And then my mom was just thought that was delightful. She'd gotten her revenge. (laughs) 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 So like, and so usually my dreams are like that. There's something in them that is just completely off kilter. Like, oh, my mom glued, my mom conned me into gluing my eyebrows and I had to tear them off my face because I, because I had like gastroenteritis and (laughs) these dreams with Andrew are not like that at all. Right. They're all, like you said, they're very clear. They, there's almost like a bit of a movie scene feel about them, which I guess is fair because Andrew and I were both movie geeks and that was one of the things we bonded over when we first were getting to know each other at university Mm -hmm. we'd go to film festivals together and that kind of thing and then trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to tell you about Andrew because he was just a very interesting and cool person definitely a non-believer in everything like devout atheist okay very very practical so I kind of feel like if Andrew discovered that there was an afterlife he'd be like well fuck that I'm not I'm not participating (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so oh here's something I want to ask you about yeah, so, yeah. um well one did did you find out about his mom's dreams slash visits from Andrew yeah. and two I think you said there was something else that he was doing to you 
Oh, yes. So, okay. So his mom said she could just feel when he was around, which I thought was really sweet. And she adopted his cat after, after he passed away. So uh, his cat, Bonnie, uh, she told me that when, when her, when the cat's more affectionate, she feels like that's Andrew saying hi to her. And cause he, they, he was really close. Like his, his mom, he, he had a brother and a sister, but he's the youngest. So he was the mama's boy and, yeah. and like they worked together, right? Like so, so close. And Andrew adored his mother and just uh, lo- looked out for her and um, was always a, a very, a very doting son. So, um, so if, you know, if that makes, if the cat helps Andrew or Andrew's mom feel close to him, I think that's just lovely. Right. But um but yeah, the other thing that, that this one I just thought was funny because I'd never thought about weird little things like things going missing in your kitchen or cutlery as being possible evidence of ghosts until some, several people have mentioned that in your podcast. It's like, oh, that's so funny. Well, and when I you're have, married, you're like, oh, that was right? definitely my husband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like loping around the, the kitchen high when I was asleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm definitely my husband's ghost because I am not as tidy as he is. So I will put things in random spots to try and get his attention, yeah. which I'm sure I will do someday after I die as well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then something happened that I thought was really funny. So I, um, right now I'm, uh, right now I'm taking a class because I, I work at a university so I could take classes for free. So I'm taking this editing class at my university. And uh, one of the assignments that we had recently was to write this uh, draft about uh, a, de- a disaster related to food. And so my story was about this party that I had in 2010. And Andrew was at the party, of course. And Andrew kind of made a scene and made a bit of a fool of himself and a bit of a fool of me. <laughs> so that's what the story was about. And then um, as I was writing the story and drafting it, I'm very much someone who likes to read these things out loud to myself, of course, mm-hmm. and kind of you know, get, you know, take a little break, come back, read it out loud, try to get the feel for what needs to be changed in the story. And then I went out to my kitchen and I, I should say that my, my husband is the most meticulously tidy person on the planet. Okay. So I'm very lucky. I'm a bit of a kept woman that way. So I cook, but he does all the, uh, most of the cleaning and the dishes and the laundry. So I'm very well taken care of. And, uh, and never in all of our years together, have I ever seen, uh, Scott mess up the spoons and the forks and then I went out to my part I went out to my kitchen after I was uh done editing this story for the night and I went out and several of the forks and spoons were in the wrong place (laughs) and that had never happened I just thought of the guests that you've had on your podcast I thought oh maybe Andrew's a little pissed off at me that I'm telling this story from like more than 10 years ago where Andrew was a bit of a jackass. <laughs> That's so funny. And so he's like, all right, uh, you yeah. were doing that. I'm going to switch to the sports. Did you, yeah. did you ask your husband? Were you like, dude, did you do this? Or? No, I didn't even ask him because I knew he would absolutely never do never. it. <laughs> so yeah. It's not oh, even worth amazing. asking him. Yeah. Anyway, so I just thought it was kind of cute. Um, but there's, there's one other little spooky thing, and this is not, this is not necessarily my story to tell, but it is relevant to Andrew's story. So um, about a year ago, so Andrew had been uh, passed on for about two years. Someone broke into his mom's house and yeah. stole his ashes. 
what and yeah and it made the news here like it was uh because it's such an astonishing thing to happen so they broke in and like stole her tv and stuff but they also took his urn and it was so obviously an urn right because it was it's a wood box with a picture of him on it and um and i get that they took his watch and things because you know watches you can pawn them easily but they took his goddamn urn full of ashes from wow. his mom that's yeah sweet. that's like mean like, I know it's cruel, right? Yeah. yeah. And as far as I know, it's never, it's never been retrieved or recovered. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that, that Andrew's mom still has his cat and some of his stuff. Right. So, but it was she a bit weird. Oh yeah. And, and like she was, uh, she was interviewed for the pieces in the local news about it and so on. And yeah, anyway, it was kind of a drag. <laughs> oh I, I feel like that's just so horribly disrespectful. That was pretty messed up. You, is there any theories about who did this and like if they were like enemies of Andrew or yeah, like? Yeah, well, I talked about it with a couple different people and we kind of wondered if it might have been like somebody who knew a contractor who had come into Andrew's mom's house and done work or something or if it was uh, or if it was totally random or yeah, just, we, we could never really make sense of it. So. It's so wild. So yeah, they, stole, yeah. they stole a TV, a watch and the ashes. Well, they, they really turned the whole house upside down. Like that's what I recall reading in the stories that they like, you know, ransack the bathroom, even stuff like that. Like his mom lives out in a rural area, so no one would be around to catch them. So they probably, they could have stayed as long as they wanted to really, as long as they knew that she was away at work or away for the day. Right. And so they, they went through the whole house and um, took all kinds of things, but I think the most valuable things were just stuff like, like jewelry and the TV and things like that. And, but the urn, right. So you can't get money for ashes. Like no, or an urn. <laughs> like it's used for sale, used urn. No. <laughs> right. Unless you want to make this personal. Wow. I really yeah. want to like talk to a medium about where those ashes are. Right. Yeah. Or if he cares. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and the fact that Andrew's, you know, Andrew's death was so sudden and that this, this um, crime with the ashes was so bizarre. I mean, again, it just, it, it feels so interesting and, notable for a comedian to have such a strange death and and kind of afterlife right that yeah. all these things have, have happened right has all these things like these these dreams that felt so real yeah. and then the the forks and the uh, spoons being switched like and talking to his mom has that yeah. changed how you feel about ghosts or the afterlife or anything well I don't know that's a good question because I feel like I've always been like somewhere between Mulder and Scully my whole life <laughs> right like I, I want to believe, but, but instead of, instead of aliens, it's ghosts. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm, and again, I think like there's probably some aspects of reality that we just kind of can't measure that will someday become clear through things that are a little more very verifiable and that people don't always experience reality the same way. And that's fine. But I, I will say one thing that I've thought of, and this is kind of a cynical, weird little thought, um, when uh, I, I kind of wonder now, I was like, oh, maybe none of my ancestors give a shit about me. Like if Andrew's the only person who's ever visited me after dying, my grandparents are just like to hell with her. We've got like so many goddamn grandkids. <laughs> 
That's so funny. Oh, you know what? I had a medium for my bachelorette party. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I had a medium and he was, uh, I, don't, I don't think he was very good, but they were like, he was like, oh, cause we all like care about my grandpa so much, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like 17. And we were like, we want to talk to grandpa. We want to talk to grandpa. Yeah. It was all family. All these women in my family. And, and he doesn't want to he, talk to you. Yeah, or... the medium was like, he's not really interested. We were like, what? <laughs> I feel like that would be my grandparents, right? I've, yeah. one, I've got one grandmother who's still in palliative care, but my other three grandparents have passed away. None of my grandparents passed away until I was 35. Like, wow. I've had them my whole life. And, and that should feel very special, but they were all just kind of checked out and not super interested in their grandkids. So fair, fair enough. That's their prerogative. They raised their own children, right? right. Um, Which but, they didn't but really yeah, so, choice about, by the way, you know? Yeah, exactly, like, right? Finally <laughs> in this era where it's totally cool to not have kids, but like we are yeah. the, I mean, I see us as like the first generation of that, for yeah. real. Yeah, um, yeah. My, grand, yeah, my grandmothers didn't have birth control. So right. like, all right, guess I'm pregnant, right. shit. <laughs> So you would have to justify if you found a way to not get pregnant, you would have to justify the decision to not have children where people don't mess yeah. with they just see me acting like an idiot and they're like, that woman should not. Yeah, <laughs> I've even noticed the difference from when I was like 20 saying I didn't want kids versus now. Like it's it's been a really pleasant sea change just over the past several years. I I don't I think the climate crisis is helping with that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Good call. Yeah. No kids. Right on. Thanks for being a All responsible right. adult. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Out of two in the morning and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. Um. Well, this has been so beautiful. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Andrew or otherwise? Um. Well, I w- I would kind of like to to give a shout out to all of his comedy people that are still doing their thing, right? Absolutely. And kind of carrying the torch, people that he, you know, that supported him and he supported and so on. Um, so the the comedy night that he used to host is still hosted by his friend Martin Edwards every Monday night at Gus's Pub in Halifax. And Andrew has an album out as well. I almost forgot about that. Uh, that's I think you can like buy it on iTunes or whatever. It's called Too Fat to Go Kart. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and um, he used to host the Boys Club comedy podcast with his friend uh, Travis Lindsay, who is another comic from the area that's doing really well. And um, Travis is a little bit younger than Andrew. And I, I recall hearing this story. I think Travis might've actually told this story at Andrew's memorial service that he was considering getting out of comedy. And Andrew was one of the people that told him, no, 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 you're so good. You have to stay in it. And now he's, he's had all kinds of national spots and done really, really well, as, as well as you can do in Canadian comedy, which is, you know, it's, it's true. It's true. Um, and then uh, his friend, Sarah McClellan uh, runs another kind of comedy podcast here in Halifax called The Intoxicated. It's a pun though, right? Like T-A-L-K, Intoxicated Podcast. Um, and she and she had Andrew as a guest on several times, oh, um, especially when her podcast was just getting up and running now. Now she's had like hundreds of episodes. So, um, and then Andrew's roomie is also a comedian. And I try to remember, cause he uses a stage name cause he has, his last name is this lovely but difficult to spell French Canadian mm. name. So his, his stage name I think is Richard Allen. 
And he and Richard did the most incredible thing in the months after Andrew died, when people started going to comedy clubs again after the restrictions were easing for the pandemic. Um, he turned the day that Andrew died into this absolutely incredible comedy story that was also very touching about Andrew. So he went through the whole thing of waking up that morning and Andrew's not up and that's kind of weird and having to call 911 and just describe what happened and uh, the the paramedics and so on showing up and having to call Andrew's mom and uh, and anyway he he did it with so much heart and so much humor at the same time and he did this at the open mic for the first time that Andrew used to host which was very sweet and so we got to see it live and we were all laughing and crying at the same time it was it was That's really so lovely beautiful yeah. and I'm like yeah. I'm crying a little bit my husband <laughs> the same thing his oh. roommate um passed away suddenly and she was a yeah. comedian and he's a comedian yeah. so he found yeah. her and um all all of that is the exact same except he I mean I don't know if this happened to um Andrew's roommate but like he had to go to the police station because they thought that he was the one who was responsible for the death, you know? Um, so <laughs> oh, like, I, I don't, I don't it. think, I don't think Richard had to do that. Thankfully. Oh. I was kind of worried that that was what happened when I, when he first started telling the story, but I, I don't think he, that he had to, but one line that I remember him saying in the story that just stands out because it's just such a great example of someone just sort of freezing and not knowing what to say when an emergency happens. He was on the phone with 911. He said, just so you know, Andrew's a really big dude. Send lots of guys. <laughs> Send lots of guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny right? this has been so sweet and uplifting i love this story oh thank you thank you so <laughs> and much. i and, and actually i really particularly i know you've commented on this a lot i particularly love how uplifting a lot of your guest stories have been the 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 kind of guardian ghosts and the little reminders of people you loved oh they're yeah that's all really very sweet so yeah and it it, it furthers my conviction that my ancestors don't give a shit about me <laughs> 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 it's like yeah it's bittersweet it's like oh that's yeah. yes I'm on my own yeah <laughs> yeah you're like looking at birds and you're like grandma and the bird's like no I'm not I'm oh, not oh my god bird. birds I totally forgot something else very sweet I'm not sure how supernatural it is but it made me feel very good after Andrew died so um when just three months before Andrew died, my husband and I had moved into a new apartment and it's great because it's a little fourplex and it's in a part of Halifax that has lots and lots of trees. And I, I don't know if you've heard about how cardinals are supposed to come around to remind you of someone that you love who's passed away. And I had never seen a cardinal around the trees of any apartment I'd ever lived in in Halifax until that spring. So like a few weeks after Andrew died, I there were a family of cardinals that moved in. Oh in our backyard. So that, so that was a, a nice little sweet high Andrew moment as well. Yeah. 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 You're like, I, maybe it's the trees and maybe it's yeah. Andrew. Well, this has been great. Is there anything that you want to plug about you? Oh, well, um, yeah. So I'm, my full-time job is as a, a university library manager. So there's not really anything to plug there. Um, there's enough going on, <laughs> but I, I do write a little bit and uh, I, my, my friend at work who, who got me onto your podcast is also a writer. So we share stuff back and forth and I, I publish a book reviews here and there and um, a little bit of poetry here and there, that sort of thing. And my website that basically only has a list of stuff that I've done over recent years is just CorinneGilroy.ca. And um, 
I, I basically only use Instagram to keep in touch with friends, family, and acquaintances. So I might add you on there, but I, I don't see any point in sharing my Instagram handle, but I am <laughs> one of those nerds who's on Mastodon as well. Uh, so my Mastodon handle is uh, Corinne at metalhead.club. <laughs> Okay, what is Mastodon? I should know this, but I don't. Oh, so Mastodon is where everyone's been fleeing as the elongated muskrat has destroyed Twitter. Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, and um, and there's different servers, right? So you join a server according to like what you care about or mm-hmm. what your professional interests are. So I, I love, I love metal. I love music. So I joined this, this server called metalhead.club, which is run by a bunch of German anti-fascist metalheads, and it's great. <laughs> we share recipes more than anything, which is kind of funny. <laughs> oh my God, I'm very glad I asked. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, Corinne, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a delight. Thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. If you want to throw me a follow, I am on Instagram at Emily MC Winter. Again, that's Emily MC Winter. Also, rating and reviewing the podcast helps people find it so we can keep growing, and that's good for the whole world. Um, I've been alone too long. Okay, bye.